Life is hectic, demanding, and doesn't stop. When honest with ourselves, we must confess we often don't know what the hell we're doing. The LARCast is an ongoing conversation about the inclusive and mischievous nature of God's presence. Through the lens of all the things that make up this phenomenon we refer to as life. Astonishing grace and refreshing honesty collide right here for your weekly encouragement. Three, two, and one. Welcome back to the Larkcast and a special welcome back to the Larkcast to Russ Johnson. <laughs> yeah, man. It's good to be back. We uh we've been going through the book of Galatians on the Larkcast. If you'll notice the last I don't know how many episodes we've been going through that book, but um, sometimes life happens. Life happens and life has been happening to the Johnsons, um, some, some pretty tough and life changing events. So we've been, you know, um, skipped the last, you know, few weeks. And a lot of you guys are very aware of, you know, what's been going on with Russ and Krista and their oldest son, Blake. Um, but for those who don't know, Russ, man, why don't you just share a little bit about what's been going on and give everyone an update. I know all the Larks have been, you know, loving on you guys and praying and looking for updates and, you know, stuff yeah. like that, but might have a few who, you know, just don't, don't know what's been going on with you, man. So why don't you share? Yeah. Um, so about, I don't know, a few couple weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, I kind of had a, a an, an abrupt halt in life, a screeching halt to all that uh, has become normal, you know, I guess you could say for me. My, uh, my oldest son, Blake, 25. Healthy, strong, lives on his own, foreman at a company. Uh, the, the guy who's never sick, never even gets a cold. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I'm being serious. He just, we always laugh about that. Like 10 years since he's needed to go to a doctor. He um, had a seizure out of nowhere. And called the ambulance and... um. Went to the hospital, got set up at the hospital. They ran a bunch of tests. Everything seemed to show up normal. And so they put him in a waiting room, waiting to do an MRI. And while sitting there, um, went into another seizure. Choked. um, Led to what the doctors called a code blue. They had to perform CPR at cardiac arrest, in which case they then moved him to putting on a medically induced coma ventilator as they tried to explore what in the world was going on with his body. During that time, he had another seizure that night. And then the following day, when they tried to do an MRI while he was asleep, he went into a 20-minute long seizure. Mm. It's kind of like 10 seconds on, 10 seconds off, but lasted about 20 minutes. So he's in the ICU and in a coma for four days. 
during that time, ICU doctors were great, just to be clear, but they don't have like the bedside manner, you know, that their, their focus is like keeping you alive. So, you know, they just come out and they're like, yeah, we just did an MRI. There's a spot in the front part of his, you know, left lobe of his brain. Doesn't look good. Let you know more when we know, when we know more. And then you just like disappear. Hmm. And as a parent, you're just sitting there with that, like your stomach in your throat. Yeah. So we sat and slept next to a hospital bed for four days and then they moved him over three and then they moved him to Tampa General Hospital and he spent the next four days there. So in the hospital for a week, ran every test under the sun and just finally landed on uh, a kind of a rare form of epilepsy that he's just developed. They don't know why. And they're saying there, you know, can be a, a normal future for him, but the next six months while well, they really try to work out medication, he can't be, can't drive, can't be left alone, can't sleep alone, nothing for the next six months. And uh, for this very uh, hardworking dude who loves loves his work, loves the woods, yeah. independent. I mean, right. this, this is a guy who got his first job at 14 when we lived in the city of Chicago, cleaning uh, offices. Yep. And has worked and paid his way ever since. And I think he's, uh, it's hard. Yeah. Having a funky place, man. And, Hard, he's, uh, uh, hard's an understatement. Yeah. Yeah. I, I literally sat and slept next to a hospital bed for a week with my wondering if the pain in your throat is ever going to subside. And just as, you know, as, as a dad, man, just not even as a dad, as a human, <laughs> I've never had to encounter anything like that the just the unknown man it was it was hard yeah and i think just listening to you share i don't think everyone um who you know is connected to lark and knows and and loves you even from afar you know as you've yeah. you know we've you know ministered to them on on here and just shared good news and brought encouragement and and stuff um, it's kind of like the weird thing about, you know, having a podcast, you know, is like people feel yeah. a connection to you, even though maybe the friendship isn't, isn't, you know, there in the everyday. I think that's probably, this is probably the first time a lot of people have really heard, you know, some of the details. And I know, I know you're leaving some stuff out too. And um, yeah. yeah, man, just very hard. Um, but I know like a lot of people out here you know who've gotten to know you and northwest indiana everyone was like reaching out to me telling me that they were praying caring for you guys i'm sure you guys really you know appreciated yeah, that and that meant the world to you and um, a lot of people man just reaching out praying with us praying for us people i haven't seen in a long time people who listen to this podcast man like sending hey man here's the 25 bucks dude go get dinner here's breakfast tomorrow here's yeah you know, josh and vicky man locally like sitting with us at the hospital for you know morning to night right grabbing a flight and in a rental car for my mother-in-law to come stay with our little dude so chris and i could live at the hospital and michael and noel man putting us up and taking care of us and 
Tampa, man. And, you know, while we were right, while we were there, I'm just saying like, there's so many people, man, just, you know, coming around us local afar. Did we had people that have been listening to this podcast and encouraged by it? that I've never even had real conversations with sending support, man. Love you guys. It meant, it meant, it meant, it meant a lot. Yeah. Well, we're not out of the Thank woods you. yet and we keep playing, praying, uh, yeah. for Blake and to get this medication figured out. Um, and to still pray for healing and to get this dude back wrenching on big equipment on site equipment, <laughs> yeah. um, and back to hunting and a normal life. So, um, we love Bubba and we love the Johnsons on behalf of the Larks. We're going to keep praying for you, man. And, still be here for you it. yeah no really 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 i do and uh i'm with you there's always a scare with the kind of epilepsy that he has and not going on a bunch of details nighttime you know sleeping that's the that's the one right let's just say uh if you weren't a, a bedtime prayer person it, it, it'll make you one pretty quickly and uh no atheists and foxholes no <laughs> atheists, no atheists when you realize your son's got epilepsy yeah it's uh it was um i think the thing for me that I, you know just all this update it ties into a bigger narrative mm-hmm. for me personally it it ties into some things that i felt like i could that I experienced some things that I, I heard from the Lord on and really just pretty uh, something kind of special, man. Like even at Christmas time, you know, I think Christmas for a lot of people is, I think for, I think Christmas for a lot of people is sad. That's something that I found, man, just living at a hospital, especially, you know, Tampa general hospital, which is a phenomenal place, dude, but Tampa general hospital, no lie is, is, it's bigger than most like small cities. I mean, it's dude, there's, there's, there's a valet service, man. It's, it's insane. And just being at this hospital, man, and just meeting so many people in the hallways and in the waiting rooms and mm-hmm. on elevators. And I always wondered, man, in life, like at Christmas time, I remember being a, a little kid. My mom had this Christmas book. I think it was a something in regards like Norman Rockefeller and all these like paintings and pictures and stories around the world. And I remember being a little kid and every Christmas I would sit down with this massive book. Right. And I just loved looking at the pictures and I can always remember these pictures that they had in the book um, during the Vietnam war. And it was like soldiers, like, like got a break, you know what I mean? And they would like, you know, like eating, you know what I mean? Like a Christmas morning, Christmas afternoon, you know, like dinner together, you know, in a foxhole, man. But then they showed pictures of like things that would take place later that day. And it just never, in my brain, I can remember being a kid and going like, I can't imagine like war or harm or hurt on Christmas. It just seems like if you were at war, you would just like blow a whistle and everybody take a 24 hour break, you know, but it just wasn't the case. And I can remember being a little kid and just not understanding that in my whole life, 
always wondering like, man, what do people do with heartache and hardships at Christmas time? It just seems like it should be like the like a month that we get off. And I can remember like going through all this stuff with Blake and it's Christmas time. And like we were right in the middle of like planning a Christmas dinner and shopping and it's like everything just hits a halt, man. I didn't even, there's Christmas trees everywhere, but I, I don't think I honestly, I don't think I noticed one of them once. Hmm. It's like, you're just so dialed in on like what's in front of you. You don't really encounter it. However, when the tension, you know what I mean? Of that week subsides and there's a, a next phase, that's when you start to see the lights and hear the songs and you know what I mean? And, you know, wonder like, okay, so what's the rest of the season look like? And, you know, I was just, just thinking about that, man. Like for a lot of people, man, around the world, Christmas is sad. Yeah. For a lot of reasons. And Sarah Condren with Mockingbird recently wrote an article and in it, I'll just read this really quick. But I feel like she really just kind of captured the essence of this. She says, I know this sounds crazy, but maybe the most beautiful part of Christmas is actually the sadness. Because if we try to ignore the grief and pain of our human existence, then we are left with the worst part, a command to be happy at Christmas. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. She says, it seems a ridiculous expectation that the day we remember, remember the birth of our Savior is the same day that we expect some sort of euphoric joy. Jesus comes to us in the ruinous trenches that we dig and decorate. Such a killer line. He comes to us in the most broken parts of our hearts. And so to experience some kind of mandated electric happiness feels like it misses the point of Christmas entirely. All together. The truth about Christmas is that it holds everything all at once. You can be happy and you can enjoy um, that family Christmas get-together, but you can also dread it. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, you can love buying gifts for everybody and also go broke. You can, I'm just saying, like, you can have fun with this, but you can also see, like, no, man, there's, there's real life and real pain and real heartache because this is part of the real human experience. There is beauty and joy, but there's also sorrow. Yeah. And worry and doubt and fear. And Christmas is a time that holds them all together. And I think there's a, a beauty, man, in remembering that, man, what we're celebrating here is the God who the God who looked at a at a species that was trying to overcome its existence. Right? Like we're all trying to overcome our humanity. And the story of Christmas is, is a God who's looking at us and loving us so much so that we can embrace what we actually are decides to become the very thing we're trying to overcome. Mm. He becomes human. Mm -hmm. He unites himself to our humanity. Mm -hmm. He literally takes up residence in the deepest, darkest parts of who we are. Mm-hmm. And that's where he sits and now lives. Yeah. And dude, that is beautiful. And 
life saving. Right. Yep. But the for the phrase yeah. for me, um, you know, that's um, made sense the last few years is because of the incarnation, because God became flesh, entered our human existence, brought his light into our darkness so that we yeah. can see the light and the beauty of who God really is and be sober minded about who we really are. Because everybody has an ideal scenario. Everybody's mm, chasing yeah. something, you know? I mean, yeah. you just mentioned, you know, finances. That's a big one. Career. Maybe you want your family, yeah. you know, to be different. Man, I wish this awkwardness or disconnection I have with my children wasn't there. I wish my house was more full. Uh, I wish I didn't have that falling out with my uncle, you know, a few years ago. There's all the familial mm -hmm. stuff, the financial stuff, the health stuff. And it's like we always imagine this, you know, ideal scenario. We always we want what life to be to be better. In a lot yeah. of ways, we struggle underneath like what ought to be. But in the incarnation, God is forever the God of what is and not what ought to be. Yeah. He's the God of what is. He came into put it. this scenario, our lives, um, and he came to be present in it, to promise his presence, to show us that he's a God of, of love. He's a God of grace. He didn't just stay in heaven, you know, just kind of with a, with a hand saying, come on, come on up. Let's go. Let's yeah. rise, rise. Let's be victors. I need you all to be victors in this life. Um, you need to you need to do hard things so you can become this better version. Yep. Yeah. Do the Come hard on. thing. Let's go. Build that um, ladder. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Climb the ladder. Grow. Rise. And in a lot of churches, you'll hear you'll hear that. But in Christmas, yeah. God came down. And um, it really is. It really is the scandal, man. It is. I think we think the crucifixion is is the scandal or the resurrection is the scandal. Don't get me wrong. They all work together. Um, But I think that for me, I'm learning to see the incarnation. As maybe the the ultimate scandal. Hmm. It's. It's. It's God literally choosing to become human, fully human. Everybody's like, yeah, but he's also fully God. I know, but that doesn't take away from the fact that he exists in full humanity. Mm -hmm. Experiencing every single thing we experience. Identifying with us. And all of this, literally just to show us, I've always been with you. Always. Yeah. So what we else think do the, I have to do? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, uh, like we think, <laughs> like, you know, the commitment of God to us is on the other side of our commitment to him. You know, yeah. the love of, of God is reserved. Um, and finally attained when we live a life of love for God. And it, the gospel is just the complete opposite. Even when yep. we were um, 
just ignorant, alienated, you know, just alienated in unbelief, thinking that God worked the same way that our jobs work, our families work, these, these relationships work, politics work, corporations work, you know, all of it, life works. Hmm. And, um, man, you come to find out it's not that way at all. And so what a, what a comfort and, and, and two, like the commercialization of the season, you know, like I'm in marketing, dude, like these assets we create, you know, about the experience of, you know, dining in little villages of igloos or gift cards or, you know, celebrating <laughs> the season. It's all exclamation yeah. marks in the copy. Yeah. It's, it's never, it's never question marks. It's never, you know, it's never it's doom and gloom. It. It's all just very, very happy. And so the expectation to be happy, the expectation to be, you know, celebrating the season and, mm-hmm. um, you know, creating all these like happy, you know, memorable moments. And it's just not, it's just not how life is. And when you experience like mm-hmm. a real trial, like you guys did, you guys are in right now, man, that, that has a way, like C.S. Lewis says, it's like God's megaphone, you know, to rouse a deaf world. Cause dude, you can get lulled into some apathy and you can get lulled mm-hmm. into a lot of things, man, in this life when things are kind of the status quo, um, but pain and hardship. And it's funny how it works, right? Like those are the things that kind of tune us in to yeah. the reality of the gospel. Yeah, it was like this kind of beautiful reminder of the meaning of Christmas, man. Like when you're going through something like that, because, you know, you get, you have various people, man, with various beliefs. And, you know, I meet people on the elevators like, yeah, man, my my daughter's kind of going through the same thing. But, you know, it wasn't this crazy rare form of epilepsy, but, you know, it's actually, you know, you know, meningitis and she's, you know, she hasn't walked in six months. That's how long we've been here. But and you're just sitting there like, oh my God, you know, mm. like just these stories. And, and for some people they were embracing it. And for some people, like they were almost kind of like trying to find a way to put an exclamation point on a question mark, like you said. Mm. And I just found myself like just remembering, like Jesus doesn't promise to make this temporary life here a bed of roses. We live in a real world and all of its frailty and all of its shit because of just the arrogance, man, of humans who want to be God mm-hmm. and all that comes from that. But God in his grace has chosen to to set up camp permanently in and among us. And he doesn't promise that he's going to turn this into a better roses. So I don't know what's going to happen, right? But... I can just remember sitting there and going, but I know he's present. Yeah. I know he's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, okay, so, you know, come hell or high water here. (laughs) You know, it's like he is, he is present. Yeah. That's what he promises to be. And so at no point have we ever been alone or will we be? And, I can remember like just thinking about that, man, like staring out this window, you know, these like lit up Christmas trees on the roof of the hospital, you know, for the city to, to enjoy. And, um, 
you know, I kind of found myself like thinking about prayer, you know, and it was kind of cool. I'm just going to go ahead and say this. And, you know, maybe this is a, another story for another day or a blog post or something. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I can remember like in the, the heat of the first few days, you know, and people are like, well, man, we're just praying, you know, we just pray the Lord's will be done. You know, we just, you just got to pray, right? Jesus said, pray, you know, a kingdom come that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I can just remember sitting there like starting to pray that. And I'm like, I can't pray this. I can't. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> you know, you're staring at your kid on a ventilator, man with a cap on that has a thousand wires coming out of it because they're trying to check what's going on in his brain and tubes up his nose and tubes down his throat and he's strapped to a bed in case he, you know, wakes up and tries to pull him out and stuff monitors all over his heart and pads on either side of the hospital bed so he doesn't hurt himself if he does go into a seizure and you're just like, no, no, I'm not praying that will be done. And dude, it was like this crazy little moment when I started to remember some of the verses that we've unpacked on this podcast, I started thinking about that John series and the biggest aha for me in the John series was John six mm. where Jesus says, I know a lot of you are running all over earth trying to figure out what the, what the Lord's will is. And you all think it's this little red dot and this crazy maze and how you get there mm -hmm. and everything you do in life will either get you on or, or get you off track. So he just basically says, so let's just make it clear. The will of my father in heaven is that you believe in the son and who he yeah. sent. Mm -hmm. And dude, it was like this peace came over me, man. Like then this fear of praying the Lord's will be done because what if his will is not my will? Right. Right. And instead I'm just pleading with him that his will be my will. And did all of a sudden I think about that verse and I'm like, oh my God, I can sit here and pray. Yes, Lord, I want your will to be done. I want, because that's what that literally means is I want everyone on earth to believe in the son who is present in and among us. Hmm. Merry Christmas. I want the earth to believe this good news just like heaven does. Mm-hmm. Because there is no life apart from this. There is no hope. There is no joy. There is no meaning. There is no purpose. There is no forgiveness. There, I mean, there's. it's just everything is meaningless. Yeah. Apart from knowing this truth. And so I'm like, yes, Lord, I pray your will be done. I pray that the earth will believe in you as they do in heaven. And it freed me up to then begin to just talk to the Lord about what I was really feeling in the moment. Hmm. and how I was really struggling. And it was like this peace came over me, man, and his presence. Again, the story, Emmanuel, God with us. Yeah. His presence with me in this, his presence with my family in this, his presence with my son in this bed in this. Mm -hmm. And I could talk to him about my hope and what I'm longing for with like a courage, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm instead of this like tiptoeing around getting the right prayer here and just hoping to God that his will's mine. Yeah. And dude, it and, was like, it was like a piece on one end. And then on the other end, it was like a fire, it, like this thing in me of like, damn, 
I can't imagine the millions, the millions of people who are going through similar things right now mm. who don't have this piece. And well, it was like, wow, wow. Well, and his presence with you, regardless of whether you trust it or not. Yeah. Regardless of whether yeah. you trust it a lot or a little bit or waver even within a span of 10 minutes, which is what yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure you were experiencing. The high highs oh, of like yeah. trusting and a heart full of faith and the low lows of just not believing and wanting to control. Yeah. And, and these doctors and their reports, man, and what they're thinking it is and where it's going. And then it's not like, yeah, we'll be right back. It's a drive through window. You know what I mean? And they're coming back in like, you know, at least five minutes with an update. It's like, no, we'll be back in 48 hours. Yeah. While you sit in this, you know? And yeah, dude, your, your brain can go up and down and is it enough faith? And did I doubt at this moment? And you know what I'm saying? All of a sudden, all this pressure's on you to get this prayer right in hopes that it will turn God's affection toward what it is that you desire. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I'm like, man, what a shit storm that is. Instead right. of just being able to boldly go, yes, Lord, I want to join you. I want to join you in seeing an earth believe in the sun as they do in heaven. Because there is no life apart from it. And that freed me up to go, but right now, here's where I'm at. And here's what I'm feeling. And here's what I'm struggling with. And here's what I'm hoping. And here's what I'm asking for. And just knowing, man, in the highs and in the lows, he's present. Yeah. Dude, that, that is, is what the season reminds us of. Yep. Merry Christmas. Yeah. God is good and he's present. Even in the midst of real life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love, um, I love the, the Sarah Condon quote because the expectations, you know, are, are a lot expectations you know you have for yourself the expectations of others around you especially when you're going through suffering um yeah. and you know expectations they work a lot like the law you know um yeah. like nothing compared to what you got going on but you know some of my kids are just kind of going through it right now oh yeah and, and it's real a, what they're going through yeah a little bit of you know some depression, some hard friend stuff. And man, you just want to, you just want to create a scenario or bring them down and play a game and get it out of them. And you just kind of think, yeah. yeah, man, you know, after a few days, you're going to be better. And, you know, I was just talking to Pam last night and I was like, man, I think we got to just curb these expectations and thinking that we're going to do something, you know, to get them out of this. And, and it was on the heels of having a conversation with you. And it's like, man, the, the good news of the gospel is just God's presence. Despite yeah. how long it takes, despite if we ever get over, you know, the hump in that sort of like yeah. no strings attached commitment, relational commitment, um, that 
it, it almost feels impossible, you know, from a human standpoint. But that is the kind of love that we're loved with. Um, and it's a it's a healing love, it's a freeing love. It's not necessarily a love that fixes. Um, no, it frees. It can at times, it can be healing. Um, but it certainly is is freeing. So Man, I don't know who's listening to this or where you're at or how this is is hitting you. Yeah. But man, this is some freaking primo 200 proof good news right <laughs> here, dude. It is. Yep. Despite all Top that you shelf freaking gospel shit right here, dude. Yeah. Yeah, whoever you are, wherever you're at, whatever you've done, whatever you're doing, At the core is the reality that God loves the real you you're trying to overcome. Hmm. He's united himself to the real you you're trying to overcome. Yeah, He you, lives you know in the you... darkest part of the real you you're trying yeah. to overcome. Because, you know, you'll hear this like. Uh, you know, different friends who have, you know, lost parents this, you know, last year or, you know, gone through mm -hmm. some stuff. It's always like, yeah, man, I'm just trying to be strong. I'm just trying to hold it together for my family. You know, there's this yeah, the, always, it, it's just like this natural human bent to just sort of try to be someone other than who you actually are to, or to be at a place where you're not actually at. And the good news is, right, the angel came to Mary. His name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. Yeah. Yeah, man. And he's set you free to recline in that reality. It's uh, it's in the letting go, man, the giving up that you find life. Amen, man. You find the anchor. And uh, I remember that hitting me, man. I was, I, I, I was pray to that dude i was trying to be strong for the family man keeping it together i think i did pretty good for the first three days and then when they had to keep him on this ventilator and all these machines and they were working through all these scenarios of how to get him on this bed in this sterile room to do this spinal tap and i had to go down there with him and just watching all that happen you know what i mean and he's just kind of like lifeless there in it dude i couldn't I remember my wife looked at me and I was like, I can't be strong anymore. Yeah. And, uh, but again, like he's highs and lows, man. He's present and he's good. He's not going anywhere. And, uh, there, there is coming a day, right? When the, the sorrow and the tears will be gone. But I ain't going to lie, man. I used to say, well, bring that day now or just remove that now. Yeah. But uh, honestly, man, I don't. I think there is so much to experience. And there is so little you'll actually see. Without it. Hmm. Yeah. That for the first time in my life, I'm like, okay, I think I get it now. Hmm. Man, I hate that it's like that, though. So, I really wish we could yeah. come to the realization of these things, you yeah. know, by eat, eating the best ribs and drinking the best wine. 
we ever had yeah, in our life too. and being on the best vacation ever. Um, and it would all just come clear. It would all just, yep. And we would there. just welcome the beauty of dependence. Yeah. Dude, the but fact instead, that we, <laughs> the fact that life's most beautiful truth, which is what we've been talking about, is often discovered in the midst of like real pain. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's hard. Yep. But it's uh in the words of someone I knew in the past who was going through the ultimate trial, man, hardship. I remember you know, people people around her were like, So, you know, so are, are you giving up? Are you giving up? And she said, no, I'm not giving up. This is just the story that I've been given. And so I'm going to lean into it. Hmm. And I was like, damn. And man, she did with a sense of faith and peace and that dependence. And it was like, man, you're. I'm. I'm talking to someone who's experienced the reality of Emmanuel. God is with me. Well, like, on that note, okay, there it is. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. He's good, and we wherever really can rejoice. Yeah, wherever you are, whatever your version of this is. Just know you're loved, God's present, and that move of him towards you, that commitment towards you, it's not hinged or tethered at all to how you are responding. Um, it's just because he's good. Amen. Dude, that's it. Cheers to that. Cheers. Cheers.